Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we are created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve, called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And here's how we say it here, and you all know by now. We live, we love, we serve. Listen, family, I won't be before you long today, but I do want to raise in your hearing a passage of Scripture. And initially, I wasn't going to read the whole thing, but I feel as though I need to read the whole thing. Uh, A famous psalm, Psalm 46, 11 verses. So I'm going to read all 11, but bear with me this morning. I want you to get the full impact and intent of the psalmist in Psalm 46. And I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version of Scripture. If you have one of those Bibles that give you the title of the psalm, this psalm is entitled, God's Defense of His City and People. God's Defense of God's City and People. Here's how the word reads. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the city, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Say la. Come on, beloved, let's pray. God, we bless your name on today, and we honor you, O Lord, for how you continually remind us of your presence, your provision, and your power. We thank you, God, for these moments where we are, we are pushed to places of beautiful and sweet serenity with you. Thank you, O God, for the relationship. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, God, for your mindfulness. We will make manifest in our lives that which you've bestowed and poured upon us. We will love and we will be gracious and we will be patient and we will be understanding and we will be forgiving. Because, oh God, we cannot desire these things from you 
and not give them to others. So thank you for the reminder, oh God, that what we freely desire, we must also freely give. We love you, God. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen, beloved. I, I want to read just a portion, not the entire scripture again of Psalm 46. Hopefully you're reading that along with me and read it with me. Psalm 46, I just want to read now verse 10 and 11. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. I want this morning very briefly to preach from an interesting subject. And here's the subject. I am a human being. I am a human being. Psalm 46 has been traditionally a psalm read and given as a reminder of God's presence and provision. Psalm 46 is one of those psalms that when you read through it, even when you find yourself maybe with your back against the wall or maybe in times of distress and trouble, the idea that God is our strength and our refuge, a very present help in time of trouble, are comforting words to those who may be experiencing chaos in their lives. These words found in Psalm 46, again, have a way of easing our anxieties, relieving our tensions, and oftentimes minimizing the potential chaos that can abound within us when there's chaos abounding without us, around us, external to us. Hearing that God's presence keeps us in a state of protection, knowing that God's presence is a source of comfort in those times of calamity and chaos. And even when we find ourselves under assault, are good words. These words in Psalm 46 is truly good tidings, good news, good words. That we serve a God who maintains order, a God who can also deal with enemies, a God who will protect and keep, a God who will sustain and uplift, a God who will cover and hover if necessary. These words are good words, good tidings, good news for those of us, like Howard Thurman would say, who have our backs and live with our backs against the wall. These words speak to those who are in the bowels of brokenness. These words speak to us who are in the weariness of our wounding seasons. These words speak in a way that give life and give hope. I love how the psalmist writes it because these words, when you get to the first nine verses, are written in the third person. Words to encourage, words to remind, words to uplift, a reminder that God protects God's people, God protects God's city, God protects those who honor and love God. Again, good tidings, good news, good words. The psalmist writes these in the third person. Source of encouragement again to uplift. But then something happens in verse 10. If you read verse 10 closely, closely, you will notice that verse 10 is in quotes because whereas verses one through nine 
was the third person. Verse 10 is written in the second person. And the one doing the speaking is God. Oh, you got to watch that. Read it if you doubt me. Look in the Bible and read it. Verse 1 through 9, the writer is speaking in the third person about who God is and what God will do and what God has done and how God will keep and how God will sustain and how God will make provision and how God's power will be experienced and felt. But then in the midst of the celebration of who God is, it is as if the psalmist injects God's words in the midst of the exaltation of God by the psalmist. And here are the words of God. Be still and know that I am God. Look at what God says here. I will be exalted in the heavens. I will be exalted in the earth. It is as if, and I don't want to say this is the intent, but it is as if in the midst of the celebration of what God will do, in the midst of the exaltation of God, it is as if God has to remind us, and even the writer, that I will be exalted even if you keep your mouth closed, even if you don't acknowledge me, honor me, recognize that that honor of God reverence, the trees will bow and the mountains will revere and the heavens will exalt. If we even remain silent, that those things recognizing the reverence and the divinity and the power of God will happen. But I like this because in that verse 10, God doesn't inject any words. These are, well, they're also good tidings, but in a different way. Be still and know that I am God. I mean, think about that line. Think about how in the midst of verses 1 through 9, it is as if God pauses us. In the midst of our recognition of God's provision, presence, and power, God says now, be still and know that I am God. Verses 1 through 9 talks about how God is understood and experienced in action, in nature, in battle, when in chaos and calamity. And in verse 10, God says, be still and know that I am God. Slow the rhythm of the words down. Be still and know. Be still and know. You see, these words now speak differently. These words, as the psalmist writes, to be God's words, these words are actually a manifesto against the hyperactivity of our age. These words speak as an assault on the frenetic and kinetic nature of our cultural moment. We associate so much with our hustle, our grind, our working, our going. They were always moving from one task to the next, one thing to the next, always on the go, especially if you live here in New York City. New York City is filled with people always on their way and always with the sense of never fully getting, always on their way, trying to get to, trying to go to, trying to attain, and always in constant bustle. This is the city, again, New York City, the city that never sleeps, the city that's always on. That you can go down to Times Square in the middle of night and it feels like it is daytime because of the lights. And here comes God, quietly seeking 
to slow down our activity, slow down our movements. Why is this important? Because for many of us who claim to love God and be in a relationship with God, one of those things we desire and want to experience in our lives differently is deeper understanding and not really understanding because how do you understand fully the infinite? But what we may subconsciously and sometimes consciously desire is more of a revelation, insight into who God is. God is giving a message here in verse 10. If you want to maybe understand, experience more of a revelation of who I am, maybe learning more of who I am, coming to a higher awareness of your own God consciousness is connected not to your activity, not to your busyness, which is very seductive in this time of hyperactivity. Maybe it is connected to being still. Be still and know that I am God. I remember many years ago, one of our dear members, Sister Mary, and I remember years ago when she joined the church and she was very open about her years of dealing with addiction. And I will never forget this night in TNT because it was very moving, emotional, and she shared her story about going through addiction. And I remember she said that when she began to sober up and and break free of the addiction to drugs, she said she didn't know that there were that many trees in Harlem. And I was taken aback by her words at first, but then I realized she said, because I spent so much time looking down, looking for the next hit, looking for the next piece of money, trying to think about how I would get more money to get my next fix, my next hit of drugs. She said, I never paused to see how beautiful my community was. That off of that race, that the addiction pushed through her and in her. When she was able to break loose from the strains and shackles of addiction, she was able to see the beauty around her. I mean, her story was about addiction to drugs, but some of us are addicted to busyness, seduced by it, addicted to it, always shaping our lives by movement from this event to that event, making sure that every day our calendars are filled with activity. And if we have moments of inactivity, somehow we don't feel we're productive enough. That's the trick of this age. And that's why so many people are trying now to figure out ways to engage in self-care because it was a time when self-care was seen as a waste of time because if you're not busy doing and busy being productive and busy trying to make sense and make value and meaning of your life, then you're wasting time. Can you imagine how sick we were culturally when taking time off, taking vacation, taking rest, engaging in self-care was viewed as a waste of time because the thought was all of your time should be consumed with making making money, making something of yourself, making meaning, producing, producing, and never mindful of who you were. And here now, God is saying, yeah, you may be successful in the world, but it's possible to be successful, a high achiever, and at a distance from understanding the revelatory aspects to who God is. And so here God makes a summons in the midst of celebrating what God has done in Psalm 46 and who God is in our life. It is as if God is making a plea in the midst of our exaltation. Be still and know that I am God. 
that every now and again, if you just pause and pay attention, you'll see my movements. You'll experience me in ways you did not understand. That sometimes those moments of stillness and silence and solitude become the moments of creative and great encounter with God, paying attention to the natural rhythm and humming of life when you're able to be still, to see and experience the fullness and the beauty of who God is. But can I push this a little further? If you and I are made in the likeness and image of God, and we are a reflection of God's nature, creativity, imagination, divinity, maybe there are two encounters that are had in this stillness. Be still and know that I am God. And again, if you and I are made in the likeness and image of God, substance, nature, the divinity of God, maybe it also means this. Be still and get to know yourself. Be still and get to know yourself. Maybe, 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 maybe God is not just pushing us to encounters with God, but maybe creative encounters with ourselves. When was the last time you were still and encountered you afresh? When was the last time you experienced a deeper revelation of who you were and who you are in your own silence and solitude? Or have you been seduced by the hyperactivity of this world thinking that you always have to be going and planning and producing? Going and planning and producing. That there's no real still moment because when you're still and doing nothing, you're not planning and going and producing. And your wealth and your value and your worth are connected to going and planning and producing. And somehow you can go, plan, produce, attain, achieve success, and still miss the most important person to you, and that is you. Be still. And know that I am God. Be still and see who you are. I I can't help but think that this message, this scripture, speaks to some of us right now who feel a little weary and fatigued and worn out from life. I know I have. This has been a time in the pandemic, yes, of stress and chaos, but it's also, for many of us, been a time where we've been going and going and going. And our bodies can take but so much. I remember years ago when I had a doctor's visit and I wasn't doing well, and part of my not doing well at that time was connected to my inability to engage in radical self-care. I was one of those people who was a workaholic and addicted to working. I thought years ago in ministry here at FCBC that my value, my worth, and people would really see my value and my worth by the nature of what I personally was able to do and produce. And I kept going and going and going. I didn't know how to slow down and take care of myself. And so I had to experience what it's like over and over and over again when your body shuts you down, when your body slows you down. I experienced that so many times and and I never got the lesson because I kept thinking that my value is connected to my going and my planning and my doing. And then it was in one of those moments of extreme sickness that I realized that if I don't change my habits to take care of me, I will go plan and produce myself out of existence. It was as if I heard God whispering, be still and know. God, yes. Myself, yes. 
Be still and know that you are good enough. Be still and know that I'm already proud of you. Be still and know that you are already loved and there's nothing you need to do to earn the love of God. Be still and enjoy the beauty of life because you can be so busy going and planning and doing that you miss the beauty, the joy, and the essence of life. The title of the sermon is, I am a human being. That seems self-explanatory. We are all human beings. Human being. Human being. I hope you get that. I am a human being, but I'm a human being. But, but what does that counter? Because we let the world seduce us into going and planning and doing, hyperactivity, being kinetic all the time, always moving, always going. We will become human doings as opposed to human beings. The, great, the greatness of who you are is not connected to your doing is connected to your being because what God says in verse 10 the first word is be because you don't do stillness <laughs> be still and know don't fool yourself or let others fool you to think that you are human doing doing this and doing that, filling your days, scheduling everything in your schedule, but time to rest and time to take care of yourself and time for self-care, doing, doing, doing. And in the doing, you can actually use the first part, lose the first part, your human, your humanity can be lost and all these things and these exercises, these gestures and all these goals we think we have to achieve and all these successes we think we need in order to be, but realize we're doing ourselves out of being. No, we are human. Pause. Being. Be. Just be. Take time in your life and in your weeks and in your schedule to just be. Be still and know. Be still and love. Be still and see. Be still and experience. Because if you keep being a human doing, you'll miss the beauty of being a human being. And when you can just be in your humanity and understand the sacredness of your being, you can move through life not without a care, but you can move through life caring. Caring about you, about your life. So every now and again, you got to pause from the busyness of your life and remind yourself, I am a human being. Be still and know that God is God. Be still. And know who you are made in the likeness and fullness and nature and substance of God. Be still and be a human being. Come on, beloved, let's pray. God, we thank you and we honor you on this day. And we're so grateful for the amazing nature of this reminder today. The truth is, God, it is so easy to be seduced by the ways of the world that makes us and causes us to miss the inherent value of our lives. 
We go on these rat races trying to prove our value. We become hyperactive trying to demonstrate our worth. We do so many things that we are quickly becoming human doings. But God, thank you for this reminder today that we are human beings. And there's something beautiful about being still and experiencing the joy and beauty of our humanity. God, thank you today for this beautiful and gentle reminder to be still and experience the deeper revelation of who you are and simultaneously who we are. Thank you, God. We love you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray and we say amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.